If you know that tonight the Lord will reign over your life and over your situation, shout hallelujah. For somebody that will receive power to walk in dominion in the journey of this week, shout hallelujah. I want us to lift up our voice and begin to worship the King of Kings. Let's begin to worship the ancient of days. Let's give him praise. Let's give him praise. Let's give him praise for making it possible for us to see the first Sunday in the month of June. I want us to lift up our voice and begin to worship him. Let's worship him. It deserves our praise. Ancient of days, we worship you. Lord, we magnify your name for counting us to be among the living. Glory, honor, and adoration be unto your name. In the name of Jesus, for not allowing the will of the enemies to come to pass over our family and over our nation. Father, we exhort you. Lord, we magnify your name. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worshipped. The book of Psalm 69 from verse 30 to 31. Psalm 69. From verse, 30 to 30, from verse 30 to 31, the Bible says, I will praise the name of the Lord with a song, and we magnify him with thanksgiving. Look at that. The psalmist said, I will praise the name of the Lord. So which means, when it comes to praising God, when it comes to thanking God, it is a decision we have to make irrespective of what might be going on in our lives the psalmist said i will praise the name of god with a song and i will magnify him with thanksgiving and look at verse 31 this also i please the lord when we praise god god is pleased and the lord and if look at verse 32 and the humble shall see this and be glad when we praise God people around us will be affected the Bible said the humble will see it and be glad praising God can bring joy to our environment praising God can bring joy to a home praising God can bring joy to our family the Bible said the humble shall see this and be glad and you who seek God your heart shall live when we praise God, we bring life into a dead situation. We bring life into a dead being. I want us to lift up our voice again and begin to worship God. Let's begin to praise Him from the bottom of our hearts. Let's worship Him. Let's worship Him. Let's worship Him. Father, we exhort you. Lord, we magnify your name. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all the adoration. We thank you for our nation. We thank you for our leaders. We thank you for our family. We thank you for our children. We thank you for our job. We thank you for protection. We thank you for provision. We thank you for preservation. Father, we say be glorified and be exalted. In the name of Jesus. For what you are doing for us on daily basis. For defending us. For fighting our battles for us. Father, we say be glorified and be exalted. In the name of Jesus, for not allowing the enemies to put us to shame. Glory and honor be unto your name. 
adoration be unto your name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worshipped. I want us to lift up our voice. We are going to count to God and say, my father tonight, let me receive your mercy. That was a prayer that blind Bartimaeus prayed. He kept asking for mercy. Mercy. He said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. That was the cry of blind Bartimaeus until when Jesus heard his voice and the Bible says Jesus stopped and he asked people to go and call Bartimaeus. I want us to lift up our voice and say, my father, tonight, all I'm asking for is your mercy. Let me receive your mercy. Open your mouth, open your mouth, open your mouth. Tonight, let us receive your mercy. We pray for mercy. Let's pray for mercy for the journey of this new week. Let's pray for mercy for our land. Let's pray for mercy for our nation. Let's pray for mercy for our children. Let's pray for mercy, mercy for the journey of this new month. Father, we'll pray for mercy. Be merciful unto us. In the name of Jesus, by your mercy, let all our closed doors be opened. In the name of Jesus, by your mercy, open our spiritual eyes. Because blind Bartimaeus received mercy. Jesus gave him his sight. Jesus gave him his sight. I want somebody to crown to God tonight and say, Lord, give me a new vision. A new vision for the month of June. Open my eyes. Open my eyes. I want somebody to crown to God. You can receive a new vision. You can receive a new sight by the mercy of the Lord. By the mercy of the Lord. Lord, tonight let us receive your mercy. In the name of Jesus, by your mercy, Lord, let every mountains of impossibilities before us begin to melt. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. For somebody tonight, you will receive mercy. In the name of Jesus, in the journey of this new week, the mercy of the Lord will speak for you. In the name of Jesus, where merit, look at that. Where merit cannot work for you. I pray for you that in the journey of this week, mercy will work for you. In the name of Jesus. I say mercy will work for somebody in this week. In the name of Jesus. I want us to lift up our voice. We are still praying. We are going to crown to God and say, my father, in the journey of this week, by your mercy, let all my impossibilities be turned to possibilities. Now, I want us to understand this. We serve a God that specializes in impossibilities. You know, if there's anything we can handle, if there's anything we can do by ourselves, we don't need to involve God with that. But when it comes to impossibilities, when it comes to hard situations, when it comes to difficult circumstances, that is when, when God can be involved. And that is what he specializes upon. I want us to lift up our voice and say, my father, in the journey of this new week, turn all my impossibilities to possibilities by your power. In the name of Jesus, open your mouth, open your mouth. I want somebody to crown to God and say, my father, turn my impossibilities to possibilities by your mercy and by your power. In the name of Jesus, open your mouth, open your mouth. Any impossibilities in my home, any impossibilities in my career, any impossibilities 
in the life of my spouse, in the lives of my children. Lord, turn it to possibility tonight. In the name of Jesus, in the journey of this week, Lord, turn all our impossibilities to possibilities by your mercy. In the name of Jesus, let our opposition be turned to opportunities by your mercy. In the name of Jesus, let all our enemies, yes, look at that, be turned to our friend in the journey of this week by your mercy. The book of Proverbs chapter 16 verse 7, the Bible says, When a man's way pleased the Lord, he will make even his enemy to be at peace with him. I want somebody to cry unto God. That's your nasty boss. That's your your evil boss. God can turn him to a friend in this week. I want you to lift up your voice and say, My father, in the journey of this week, turn all my impossibilities to possibilities by your mercy. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. We are going to lift up our voice. We are still praying. And crown to God and say, My father, in the journey of this week, bring only for me out of the rock. Look at that. By your mercy. By your mercy, bring only for me out of the rock. Lord, in the journey of this week, bring only and water for me out of the rock. In the name of Jesus, open your mouth, open your mouth, open your mouth. Father, we pray that as we go in the journey of this week, we pray that you will bring only out for us out of the rock. In the name of Jesus, this is what God did for the Israelites. He brought water for them out of the rock. And he told them, he said, I, I will bring only for you out of the rock when you get to the promised land. I want somebody to cry to God and say, my father, this is my month of June. Bring only for me out of the rock. In the name of Jesus, open your mouth, open your mouth. Lord, bring only for us out of the rock. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed for somebody in the journey of this week. And throughout the journey of this month, the Lord will bring only for you out of the rock. In the name of Jesus, there is no one that lick honey and they frown their face. As people lick honey, as people eat honey, they smile. I pray for somebody that throughout this month you will smile. In the name of Jesus, throughout this month your joy shall be full. In the name of Jesus, you will not have any cause to be sorrowful. In the name of Jesus, it is done. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Now, we are still praying. I want us to lift up our voice. We are going to cry unto God and say, My Father, in the journey of this month, arrest all the powers that have been assigned to arrest me. That's the prayer point. Arrest my arresters. <laughs> oh my God. Is somebody ready to pray some some, 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 some some fire prayers? I want you to lift up your voice and say, my father, as I continue in the journey of this month, Lord, arrest all my arresters in the name of Jesus. Any power that have been assigned to arrest me, any power that have been assigned to arrest any members of my family in this month, let them be arrested in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth, open your mouth. This was the situation of things with, with Elijah in, in 2 Kings chapter 1. The Bible said the king, there was a king that sent some soldiers to go and arrest Elijah. 
and Elijah told them while on the mountain. Look at that. This kind of prayer, you can only pray it while on the mountain. Elijah said, if I am a man of God, let fire come and consume the, the, the 50s and their captain. And the Bible said, the fire of the Lord came down. The arrester was arrested by fire. I want you to lift up your voice and say, my father, in the journey of this week, in the journey of this month, every power that have been assigned to arrest me, let them be arrested. In the name of Jesus, arrest my arresters by fire. In the name of Jesus, open your mouth, open your mouth, open your mouth. Let our arresters be arrested. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I want you to lift up your voice. You are going to cry unto God and say, My Father, throughout the journey of this new week, draw me closer unto you. Look at that. Draw me nearer unto you. Draw me closer. The book of James chapter 4, the Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. We can get closer to God. And let me tell us this, the, the, the closer we are to God, the more we can enjoy God. This God is too sweet. If only we can get closer to him. If only, we, I mean, he wants to make us as one of his friends. But we need to draw closer. We need to draw closer. I want us to lift up our voice and say, my father, in the journey of this week, Lord, draw me nearer unto you. Lord, draw me closer unto you. In the name of Jesus, open your mouth, open your mouth. I want to begin to enjoy the blessing of being closer to you. There is a blessing only meant to people who are closer to God. People who are far off, they can't enjoy it. There are benefits, there are blessings for being closer to God. I want us to lift up our voice and say, My Father, in the journey of this week, draw me closer unto you. Draw me nearer unto you. In the name of Jesus, open your mouth, open your mouth, open your mouth. Lord, draw us closer unto you. In the name of Jesus, Lord, draw us nearer unto you. In the name of Jesus, increase our appetite for your presence. Increase our appetite for prayer. Increase our appetite for your word. Increase our appetite for righteousness. Increase our appetite for heaven. In the name of Jesus, open your mouth, open your mouth. Lord, draw us closer unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I want us to pray. We are going to cry unto God and say, My Father, as I go in the journey of this week, Lord, give me new strength to confront and to conquer every challenges in this week, every challenges in this month, the strength that I need, the power that I need to confront and to conquer. Let the strength be released in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth, open your mouth, open your mouth. I want you to pray for new strength. You cannot use the strength of last week to, to confront the challenges of this new week. You and I need a new strength. We need a new power. I want us to lift up our voice and say, My Father, Lord, let there be a release of new strength. I receive new strength. I receive new strength. The Bible said, Those who wait on the Lord, they shall renew their strength. 
Lord, tonight renew our strength. Give us new strength in the name of Jesus. Enable us by your power in the name of Jesus. As we go in the journey of this week, we receive the power and the strength to confront and to conquer every battles, every challenges in this month. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Everlasting Father, we thank you. Ancient of days, we worship you. Tonight, we pray for new strength. Let there be a release of new strength. In the name of Jesus, for as many who are fainting, Lord, renew their strength. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah chapter 40, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. The Bible says, Have you not known, have you not heard that the everlasting God the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth, neither faint nor is weary. Look at that. His understanding is unsearchable. And verse 29 says, He gives power to the weak. Lord, among us tonight, there are those who are weak. Father, we pray for new strength. Renew our strength in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, And to those who have no might, He increases strength. Tonight, let our strength be increased in Jesus mighty name we have prayed very quickly I want us to open our Bible to the book of Matthew chapter 8 Matthew chapter 8 as we continue with our series we're going to read from verse 18 to 22 Matthew 8, 18-22, the Bible says, And when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave a command to depart to the other side. Then a certain scribe, I want you to follow this passage, a certain scribe, when we talk about scribes, they are teachers of the law, scribes, they are, they are teachers of the law. One of them was Gamaliel, as a matter of fact, Paul learned under the tutelage of Gamaliel. The Bible says, A certain scribe came and said to him, Teacher, <clears throat> I will follow you wherever you go. Now, this was somebody who was already uh, a practitioner of the law and who understand the law. And when this man came to Jesus, he told Jesus voluntarily. He said, I will follow you. And look at the response of Jesus. Verse 20. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And verse 21. Then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. <laughs> another, another disciple. Uh, say, let me go and bury my father. I have a burial ceremony I need to do. I want to go home and bury my father. And verse 22, look at what Jesus told his disciples. But Jesus said to him, follow me. And let the dead bury their own dead. Tonight, by the grace of God, we are going to consider what I've titled, The Cost of Discipleship. The cost of discipleship. Now, I want us to know that as believers, one of our names is a disciple. 
When we talk about disciple, we are talking about a student, a learner. A disciple is a follower, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we have been saved, if we are born again, we are called to be a disciple. And we need to know this. We need to, we need to remind ourselves of this so that we can engage ourselves in the responsibility of a disciple. We are a disciple. And that will help, help us to be conscious of our duty as a disciple. Because some of us may say, well, I don't think I'm a disciple because I wasn't during the I wasn't in this world during the time of Jesus. Now, when Jesus was on heart, he chose only 12 to be with him. And out of the 12, one of them actually was turned to a Satan, according to John chapter 6. And that was the person of the of, of, of Judas. But he chose 12, and in Acts chapter 1, Judas was replaced with Matthias. Now, 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 only 12 were, were chosen, but we, we, we now have the privilege to be among the chosen one again. So we don't, we don't need to compete with the 12 and say, you know what, I'm supposed to be among the 12. No, you don't need to compete with them. We are also disciples. We have been called to be a disciple. And as a disciple, there are responsibilities. There are duties for us to perform. Now, the Bible says two men came to Jesus. I want to talk about these two men, then I will, I will give us the cost to be a disciple. Very quickly, and then we'll go and pray very fast. The first person that came to Jesus, the Bible says he was a scribe. Which means this man understand the law. This man was not a novice. This man was just, he wasn't just a newborn again Christian. He know the law. He understand the law. We can compare him to Nicodemus. Remember the story of Nicodemus in John chapter 3? The Bible said Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. He couldn't come during the day. He came at night and he was telling Jesus good things. He said, we know that you are a good master. In fact, no one can perform miracles like you do. And then Jesus started talking about heaven. And this man was, he didn't understand the things of God. When Jesus told him, marvel not that <laughs> you must be born again, this man said, How, what do you mean by being born again? And Jesus said, are you not a teacher of the law? Don't you know about all these things from the Old Testament? Don't you know about the, the prophecy of Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 7? That a virgin shall conceive and bear his son and shall call his name Emmanuel? Don't, are you not aware of all this prophecy that I am the one that I have come to fulfill the prophecy? But thank God, you know, Nicodemus actually become born again. He became a disciple, but he was a secret disciple. How do I know? When Christ died, he was among the other disciples who arranged for his burial. Nicodemus, the Bible called him a secret disciple. He came at night. Do you know there are some people like that? Maybe they could be among the rich people. That's why we must not despise and say, oh, this one is rich. Oh, this one is a celebrity. Oh, this one, you know, it doesn't come to our church. So maybe it's not going to, it's not going to make it to heaven. We should not say that. There are people in place of power. There are people who are celebrities. There are people who are in high position that we may not know that they are born again, but they are secret disciples. God has blessed them, but they, they know how to connect to God from their bedroom. Hallelujah. Now, when, when this scribe came to Jesus, Jesus told him, he said, the birds of the air have a nest where they keep their head. But the son of man does not have 
a place to lay his head. And that was it. The Bible did not give us any information again about that scribe. It disappeared from the presence of Jesus. Which means he was only making a mouth confession. He wasn't really truthful to himself. The Bible did not tell us that he followed Jesus. The Bible did not tell us that he, you know, he, he, he showed any commitment. Immediately Jesus gave him the cost of discipleship. The Bible said, this man left Jesus. We never hear anything about him again. Now, the Bible said there was another person that came who was among the disciples of Jesus. Now, I want us to know that not only do we have just the twelve, but there are also many other disciples that follow Jesus. Now, if you read the account of Acts chapter 1, when the, the apostles want to choose somebody to replace Judas, one of the conditions they gave was that the person must be among those who have been following Jesus right from the time of John the Baptist up until the time when Christ died and was received in heaven. And the Bible said they chose uh, a man called Barsabbas and, and Matthias. But when they pray and cast their lot, uh, the lot fell on Matthias. So Matthias also was among the disciples who was following Jesus. Although we don't know him as at the time when Christ was, you know, was walking the street of Galilee. So, so this man, the Bible says, another disciple came to Jesus and told Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to follow you. I want to follow you. But Jesus said, Jesus told him, he said, if you want to, if you want to bury your father, then you can't, you can't follow me. Let the dead go and bury. Because this disciple gave an excuse. Although he was ready to follow Jesus, but he gave an excuse. He gave an excuse. He said, let me go and first bury my father. Now, the Jesus against people burying their father, giving their parents a befitting burial? No. But as at that time, Jesus was talking about the priority of going to save a living sinner than to go after a dead sinner. Now, the father of that disciple was dead. Maybe he was a disciple, we don't know. He was dead. So that's a dead sinner. Don't pursue after a dead sinner. Go for a sinner who is still alive. Who still have a hope of eternity. Go after them. Stop going after the dead. And that's a lesson to us. Because sometimes in life, in the journey of life, some, sometimes some of us, we are going after those who are already dead. I'm not talking about literally dead people, but we, maybe some of us, we are going after a dead relationship. Maybe sometimes we are going after people who are dead. They don't have any connection. We are trying to bring them. We are trying to connect with them. But because they are dead, they don't have anything to do with us again. Let us leave them alone. Let us go for those who are still what? Who are still alive. Who are still alive. And that was what Jesus explained to that man. He said, let the dead bury their dead. But there is a mission to fulfill here. We need to go after those who are still alive. Who are about to die before they die. Before they miss their chances for being saved. Now, what are the costs of being a disciple? And I'm, give, I'm going to give us three points very quickly and then we'll pray. Number one. And this is from the message of Jesus. To be a disciple, number one, we must deny ourselves. That's the first. That's the first and the most important point. And that was why Jesus told that man. He, he said in verse in verse eighteen. He said, 
he said, and Jesus saw great multitude about him, and he gave a command to depart from them. Then a certain scribe came and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes, look at that, foxes have holes, and birds have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. That is talking about self-denial. So, so can you imagine Jesus being the creator of the world? And he was living in the world where he doesn't even have a place where he can lay his head. Do not Christ go from city to cities? Christ slept in people's houses. There was a time in this same chapter when Christ was hosted by the mother-in-law of Peter. Do you think maybe Jesus Christ did not spend more than a couple of days there? It wasn't that Jesus Christ was lodging in hotels. Listen to me. It wasn't lodging in five stars hotels, seven star hotels. It wasn't that some people invited him to come and preach somewhere and then they lodged him, you know, five star or seven star hotel. And then when they wanted to go and pick him to minister, then they have like 10 cars parading his front. No! He was sleeping in the house of some of his disciples. He told this man, maybe that man that came to Jesus, he told, ah, this man that have 12 disciples, if I can just be one of his disciples, maybe I will also be recognized. Maybe I will also enjoy more money. Maybe I will have influence in the society. But Jesus, when he told him the cost, he said, birds have nests, foxes have holes, but son of man does not have a place to lay his head. What does that mean to us? That's talking about deniers, self-denier. Self-denial. Now, thank God many of us, we have a good place to lay our heads. We can sleep, we can wake up anytime we want. But what does that mean? When Jesus Christ said he, he doesn't have a place to lay his head, he's talking about self-denial. Do, do you think Jesus does not have the power to just say, In the name of Jesus, let there be a house. And let the house be furnished. And let the angels be the service. And let them, you know, he can command that. He has the power to do that. He has the power. Even the devil knows. When the devil tempted him in Matthew 4, the devil told him, he said, he said, speak to this rock and turn them to bread. He knows that Jesus has the power. He knows he can command a yacht, a yacht, a big yacht, to just show up by the Sea of Galilee. And, you know, and, the, and Jesus and his disciples would just be cruising from, from Galilee to Samaria to Nazareth and all of that. He can do that. But he said the Son of Man does not have a place to lay his head. That is talking about deniers. He chose to deny himself. That's the point. If we are going to be a disciple of Jesus in the midst of our comforts, we need to choose to deny ourselves. Do you know there are people that they will, they will fast they will fast if they don't have food. But when food comes in abundance, they forget about fasting. That's what we are talking about. In the midst of our comforts, let us still choose to deny ourselves. That was what Jesus did. And he has showed us the example. In Romans 14 verse 7, the Bible says, For none of us live to himself, and no one dies to himself. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15, the Bible says, And he died for all, this is Jesus, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. That's how to do it. We have to deny ourselves. We must not allow our comfort to separate us from God. Many people have allowed their comfort. That was what killed David. David the king. 
in, 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 in 2 Samuel chapter 12, the Bible said, at the time when the kings were going to battles, that was when David was home. He was just walking on his balcony. And that was where, when David saw Bathsheba, the woman, you know, that beautiful woman that was taking a, a, a shower. That was the beginning of his downfall. Because he wasn't denied, he was supposed to be at the battlefront, but he chose to be at home when he was supposed to be at work. Self-denial. Then number two, if you are going to be a disciple, we have to surrender our life totally unto Christ. We have to surrender our life totally unto Christ. Now, let me explain that. Because some of you will say, Bro, Peter, but I've given my life to Christ now. I've given my life to Christ. I'm a born-again Christian. I'm a born I know you are born again. And I know, you know, I know you are born again. I know you have given your life to Christ. Maybe you even know the date that you gave your life to Christ. But do you know some of us, we, we have given our life to Christ, but there are still areas in our lives that we have not surrendered to Christ. We have not submitted it to Christ. There are still areas. We say, God, don't talk about that. In fact, some of us, when man of God begins to talk about those areas, we feel uncomfortable. We say, ah, pastor, please leave that area alone. It is between me and God. That's what some of us said. Oh, just don't talk about that. Just leave that alone. It's between me and God. I know how I will settle myself with God. We need to surrender the totality of our lives unto God. If we are going to be a disciple. Look at, look at Peter, for example, in Luke chapter 5. When Peter was fishing at the lake of Galilee, the Bible says Jesus showed up. Jesus used his boat. And afterward, Jesus told him, cast your net into the deep. Peter caught multitude of fish. The Bible says after the miracle, the Bible says Jesus, Peter and John and Andrew, they left the boats and the fish and they followed Jesus. That's what we are talking. They surrender everything to Jesus. They surrender everything to Jesus. Look at, for example, this man called Elisha. When he was called in, in, first, in, in first King 19, the Bible says he told Elijah. In fact, Elijah just threw his mantle on him. And this man said to Elijah, he said, let me go and kiss my, my parents and say goodbye to them. The Bible says the 12 yokes of oxen, because Elisha was like a manager that was managing a farm with people working for him. The Bible says the 12 yokes of oxen that Elisha was using to cultivate the farmland, he consumed it with fire and the oxen, the, the, the oxen that he used for his farm um, operation, he killed it, he boiled it and and he, 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 he had a celebration with people. And that was it. He burned the bridge. And he followed Elisha to become a servant. He, the Bible described him as the one that poured water on the hands of Elijah. That is what we are talking about. If we are going to be a disciple, we need to surrender every area of our life. Some of us, we have not surrendered our finances to God. Some of us, we have not surrendered our children to God. Some of us, we have not even surrendered our spouse to God. God wants us to surrender everything unto Him. God should be able to have a say on everything that belongs to us. If God doesn't have a say, that means we are not yet a, a disciple. In the book of Philippians 3, 7 to 8, Paul speaking there in verse 7, he said, But what things were gained to me, those I have counted loss for Christ. What have you surrendered to God? 
Now, many of us want God's power to manifest. But what are we giving to God? What, what cost us most that we are giving to God? Look at Abraham. We are talking about Abraham today. A man of faith. A man of faith. In fact, the Bible called Abraham the father of faith in Galatians chapter 3. Can you imagine that? Even from the Old Testament. From the Old Testament. Who, you know, Abraham was recognized as a friend of God. Still became relevant. He still became relevant in the New Testament. He's a father of faith. And the Bible was talking about this man in Genesis 22. God told him, go and go to a mountain where I will show you and sacrifice Isaac as a burnt offering. Look at that. The Bible says, Abraham did not even discuss with his wife. He took Isaac, he took the wood, the fire, the knife and put it on his head and said, let's go. And they went early in the morning. That's, that's what it means to surrender. The Bible says, when God saw that Abraham surrendered Isaac, he said, this, he said, he said for doing this, and I know, I, I, I now know that you fear me. What are you ready to give up that will make God to know that you are indeed a disciple? We must give up something. There must be something we must surrender. I pray God will help us. Then number three, and then we'll go and pray. For us to be a disciple, number three, Another thing that, that, we, that we cost us is that we must have the willingness to suffer and to die for Christ. Willingness to suffer and to die for Christ. Some people may say, well, what is Brother Peter talking about tonight? We are supposed to be praying, you know, fire prayer. You are talking about willingness to suffer for Christ. Who wants to suffer for Christ? Suffer for Christ. I'm not ready to suffer for Christ. But, but, but we want God to answer our prayer. Isn't that correct? Willingness to suffer and to die for Christ. Now, we, we, we are still talking about the, the apostle today. We are talking about Peter. We are talking about Paul. Do we think they didn't pay anything for them to attain that status as an apostle? They suffered for Christ. They suffered. And we must have that willingness too. If we are going to be a disciple, we must be ready to suffer and to die for Christ. The book of John 12, verse 25, the Bible says, the Bible says, John 12, 25, the Bible says, he who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. And in John 16, verse 12, in John 16, 1 to 2, Jesus speaking there, he said, these things I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think he offers God service. Jesus was telling his disciples, a time is coming when you will be killed, when you will be attacked because of your belief, when they will, when they will persecute you, when they will say all kinds of things against you. But don't, don't allow that to discourage you. And that's why the disciples, in the, if you read the account in, in, the, in the book of Hearts, many of the time when they were persecuted, the Bible says, and they rejoice for being counted worthy to suffer for Christ. We can see that in Acts chapter 5, from verse 40 to 44. They rejoiced. They rejoiced because Jesus already told them that this is part of the cost for being a disciple. Willingness to suffer. Suffer. Do you know sometimes we, we may need something 
And if we go the right way to get it, that is one of our willingness to suffer. If we go the right way to get that thing, that is part of our cost for being a disciple. Willingness to suffer and to die for Christ. And to die. That is what makes us a disciple. Not just our church, not the denomination we belong to, not even the pastor who is our pastor. What makes us a, a disciple is our willingness to suffer and to die for Christ. Our willingness to suffer and to die for Christ, our self-denial, and our life of submission unto God. Look at Isaac. Isaac asked his father, he said, Father, this is the wood, this is the fire, this is the knife. Where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham told Isaac, he said, The Lord God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. The Lord God will provide. The Lord God will provide. Now, somebody may be asking me tonight and say, Brother Peter, are you saying that we are just going to live a life of suffering, a life of no enjoyment as a believer? <laughs> no, no. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is that for us to be a disciple, there is a cost. And, and that's why the, tonight's message may not be for everybody. It's only, those, it's only for those who want to become a disciple, who want to step up in their work with God in this new week and in this new month those who want to step up their work with god those who don't want to remain at the same level again because there are some things that we may never enjoy from god until when we step up our work with him until when we become a disciple i want us to go and pray we are going to lift up our voice unto god and say my father help me to be mission conscious Mission conscious. That's one of the things that Jesus did. In, in that Matthew chapter 8, verse 18, the Bible says, And when Jesus saw great multitude about him, he gave a command to depart to the other side. Because he knew that his assignment was finished in that area, in that location. And he told his disciples, said, It's time to move. He was mission conscious. I want us to pray. Now, let me tell us this. Our time on heart is limited. It's limited. And anything we can do, anything we can do to propagate the gospel of Christ, anything we can do for the interest of the kingdom of God, we need to start doing it now. There is no time anymore. Even the devil knows. I want us to lift up our voice and say, My Father, help me to be mission conscious. Help me to be conscious about your mission. Mission for the, for the sinners. Help me to be mission conscious. In the name of Jesus. Let's open our mouth. Let's open our mouth. Father, we pray that you will help us to be mission conscious. Help us to be, to, to be conscious of your work on heart. Help us to be conscious of, of, of your work on heart. Help us to be mission conscious. In the name of Jesus. I want somebody to crown to God and say, My Father, help me, help me, help me to be mission conscious. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I want us to pray that prayer again in this way. We are going to lift up our voice and say, My Father, help me to be time conscious. Look at that. Help me to be time conscious. Now, now the time is going. Time is going. Any opportunity we have, to do anything for God. Let us do it. It is an investment for heaven. Now, I always say this. 
It is not everybody that will be rewarded in this world. There are some people that they will labor for Christ. They will do everything. Their reward is not in this world. Their reward is in heaven. And there are some people, they will labor and labor for Christ. They will do everything. But everything they will get is only in this world. They will get good cars. They will get big houses. They will get everything. They will get everything, but there's no reward for them in heaven. Because they are not doing anything to promote the kingdom. I want us to lift up our voice. And tell God, I say, my father, help me to be time conscious. If we are time conscious as a disciples, anytime we see anybody that need the gospel, we preach to them. We, we share the gospel of Christ to them. We share the love of Christ with them. Do you know there are so many people who are, who are committing suicide? Maybe at, at our place of work, there are people who are going crazy. <laughs> and, and that is why God has positioned us to be at that location. So that we can talk to them. So that we can be a blessing to them. We are not just being saved to, to just to be on our own without impacting life. We are a disciple so that we can disciple others. I want us to lift up our voice and say, my father, help me to be time conscious. In the name of Jesus, help me to know that the, the, the rapture can stand at any time. And I need to be time conscious. I, I need to do whatever I need to do on time. In the name of Jesus, let's open our mouth. Father, we pray that you help us to be time conscious about your assignment that you have given to us. In the name of Jesus, I want somebody to pray unto God. Pray unto God. Pray unto God. Lord, help me to be time conscious. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Now, somebody may say, Brother Peter, I don't really, I don't really enjoy this kind of prayer. Call some other prayer. Now, let me share this testimony. This was from my pastor in Nigeria. My father in the Lord. He said something. I think this was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, during one of his messages. He said there was a lady. I want somebody to listen to this. <laughs> because some, some of us, our deliverance is in our assignment. Our deliverance is in our helping others. Some, people, some people's deliverance is not really... In their prayer, some people deliver. God is waiting for some people to, to, to do something before we act on their behalf. Now, this lady, she has problem with her eyes. She has gone to the doctors and they told her that whatever was wrong with her eyes cannot be adjusted anymore. And I believe maybe they scheduled her for, for another surgical operation. But this lady uses glasses. She uses glasses. And one day, he joined the, she joined the evangelism team. And they were distributing tracks. They were going from house to house, you know, the way they do it in Nigeria. And this lady got to a house. There was a, there was somebody there. I don't know if it's a man or a woman. As the lady wanted to give the tract to that person, in anger, the person just waved his or her hand and mistakenly hit the glasses off the face of this lady. And that was how the glass broke. And the lady was like, me that I'm, I can't even see clearly. I have a surgical operation schedule. I'm trying to work on my eyes. And you... so, 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 do you know, after that encounter, that was the end of the problem with that lady's eyes. That was how God healed her. And she didn't need to use glasses anymore. Because somebody at the, you know, at the evangelism site, mistakenly wave his or her hand and his hand 
her hand, uh, her hand hit the glasses off the face of that lady. That was where the problem with her eyes was cured. Now, that lady, if she was staying at the church, praying and doing seven days fasting, she might still be blind tomorrow. But look at where God puts her deliverance. At the mission field. That was where God put our deliverance. That was where God put our blessing. I want us to lift up our voice. We are going to crown to God. And say, my father, in the name of Jesus, help me to be committed to the assignment you have given to me. I'm not saying that every one of us should go and carry bell and be ringing bell and say, oh, everybody come and accept Christ as Lord and Savior and things like that. But there is something God has called us to do. And there's a way we can do it. There's a way we can do it. We can be an encouragement to somebody. We, we, can, we can be of assistance to somebody. We can, we can extend the hand of love to somebody. There are different ways to do it. There are different ways to do it. I want us to lift up our voice and say, My Father, the assignment you have committed to my hand. Lord, give me the grace and the power to do it. In the name of Jesus. Let's open our mouth. Let's open our mouth. Father, we pray, oh God, that you will give us the grace. And the power to do the assignment you are giving to us. In the name of Jesus. Help us to be committed to it. In the name of Jesus. I want somebody to crown to God. Crown to God. Crown to God. Maybe God wants you to talk to somebody in this week. Maybe God just wants you to, to send a text message to somebody. Maybe God just wants you to, to talk to somebody. And, and, and that's how you are going to be a blessing to them. I want us to pray and say, my father, the assignment you have committed to my hand. Give me the grace to do it. In Jesus' mighty name. We have prayed. Now, I want us to pray for self-denial. Jesus told that man, he said, if you want to be my disciple, are you ready to suffer? Are you ready to, to go from house to house without having a place where you can lay your head? Are you ready to deny yourself? And the man just went away. We never heard about him again. I want us to pray and say, my father... As a disciple, help me to deny myself. Help me to what? To deny myself. Now, if we don't deny ourselves, nobody can do it for us. It is our responsibility to do it. It's our responsibility to do it. Some of us think, well, maybe, no. It is something you and I, we have to do on our own. We have to determine by the help of the Holy Spirit to do it. I want us to lift up our voice and say, my father, help me to deny myself. I want to be your disciple. A disciple with sign, a disciple with power, a disciple with purpose. Lord, help me to deny myself. In the name of Jesus, let's open our mouth. Let's open our mouth. Father, we pray that you will help us to deny ourselves. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, help me to deny myself to be a disciple. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I want us to pray and say, my father, help me to surrender my heart unto you. Look at that. Help me to surrender my heart unto you. Look at Jeremy, Abraham. Until when Abraham was able to give up Isaac, there are some covenants that God did not enter with Abraham. But the day Abraham chose to give up Isaac, that was the day God entered into a new covenant with Abraham. I want us to lift up our voice. We are going to crown to God and say, my father, help me to surrender everything unto you. That's how we know a disciple. Peter left his boat filled with fishes. He left it and followed Jesus. In fact, blind Bartimaeus, immediately after he was ill, in Mark chapter 
Mark chapter 10 from verse uh, 46 to 52, the Bible says, he also followed Jesus in the way. I want us to lift up our voice and say, my father, help me to submit all. Help me to surrender all unto you. In the name of Jesus, let's open our mouth. Let's open our mouth. Jesus is looking for people that will surrender all. That will raise their two hands unto God and say, this is me. I, I give all unto you. I surrender all unto you. In the name of Jesus, Lord, help us not to hold back anything. Help us not to hold back our old habits. Some people are still holding back on their old habits. Some people are still holding back on their malice. Some people are still holding back on some things in their life. I want us to pray and say, my father, help me not to hold back anything. Help me to surrender all unto you. In Jesus' mighty name. We have prayed. I want us to lift up our voice. We are going to cry unto God and say, my father, let me begin to enjoy the benefits of being a disciple. Look at that. The benefit. There are benefits in being a disciple. Look at, look at, look at the apostles. For example, Peter in, in Acts chapter 5, the Bible said the shadow of Peter healed the sick. So do you think Peter, whose shadow was healing the sick, will fall sick? Do you think he will fall sick? Never. Never. If his shadow can be healing the sick, that kind of person can never fall sick. That kind of person can never know what is headache. He can never explain what is cancer. I want us to lift up our voice and say, my father, let me begin to enjoy the blessing and the benefit of being a disciple. In the name of Jesus, open your mouth, open your mouth, open your mouth. Lord, help us to begin to enjoy the blessing and the benefit of being a disciple. In the name of Jesus, Lord, help us to begin to enjoy the benefit and the blessing of being a disciple. In the name of Jesus, the benefit of being a disciple. Let us begin to enjoy it. In the name of Jesus, I want somebody to pray that prayer. Let me begin to enjoy the benefits and the blessings of being a disciple. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I want us to lift up our voice. We are going to cry out to God and say, My Father, let every battles in my life. Look at that. All the disciples, I believe Jesus solved their problem. Yes, I can tell you that because if they have problem, they won't be able to do the work of God. Do you think Peter, for example, when the mother-in-law of Peter was sick, we have we have we have treated that case in this same chapter. Peter was not; he was at home staying with his mother-in-law. He couldn't go to the mission field to go and pray for the sick until when that problem was solved. In fact, the mother-in-law of Peter that was sick could not even minister to Jesus until when she was healed. So what I'm saying is this, do you think as a disciple, and this, this is the concept I want us to understand tonight, because some people may not really take this prayer seriously. They want discipleship, forget about discipleship. Some people may not take it, but this is where God wants to, this is the area where God wants to work on their case. A disciple. You cannot be a disciple and you are in problem. It's not possible. Jesus solved all their problems. Look at Peter, for example. When he met with Jesus, he had business failure. I want somebody to listen to me tonight so that you can take this seriously. Peter had business failure in Luke chapter 5. After he became a committed disciple, that problem was solved forever. In fact, the next time Jesus needed money, in Matthew 17, Jesus told Peter, he said, I, I have used your boat before. You understand the principle of miracle. Take a hook. Go to the fish. I mean, go to the sea. 
The first fish you catch, open it, mouth. You will find money in the in the mouth. So there was there was there was Peter never lack again. All the apostles they never lack again. I want us to lift up our voice. We are going to cry unto God and say, "My Father, are there problems in my life that is making it impossible for me to be a, to be your disciple? Are there problems in my life?" That is make, making me to be a reproach or a ridicule. Father, tonight, let the problem be terminated by fire. In the name of Jesus, open your mouth, open your mouth, open your mouth. Lord, solve my own problem too. Yes, solve my own problem. The same way you, 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 you solve the problems of Peter. You heal his mother-in-law. When he had business failure, you, you solve that problem for him. Lord, solve my own problem. As your disciple, solve my my own problem. In the name of Jesus, I want somebody to pray that prayer tonight. I want somebody to pray that prayer tonight. Jesus solved their problem. If if their problem were not solved, it was not possible for them to be committed to the assignment that God has given to them. I want you to lift up your voice and say, My Father, are there problems in my life preventing me from being your disciple? Preventing me from, from living a dedicated life to you. Tonight, let that problem be solved. Is it an issue? Is it problem in marriage? Is it problem with our career? Is it business problem? I want us to talk to God and say, My Father, tonight, tonight, let that problem be terminated. In the name of Jesus, solve my problem tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And lastly, I want us to pray and say, My Father, let me be empowered for signs and for wonders as your disciple. Now, I want you to listen to me tonight for as many of us who are ready to take up these new challenges and to take a closer walk with God in this week and in this month. I want you to know that through your hands, signs and wonders will begin to happen. Yes, yes, you will give testimony. That sister, listen to me. I said, you will give testimony. In the name of Jesus. That brother, listen to me. You will give testimony. In the name of Jesus. I want us to pray. We are going to cry to God and say, my father, let me be empowered. Because I am your disciple. Empower me for signs and for wonders. Oh my God. The Bible was talking about Paul in Acts 19.11. The Bible said, God wrought special miracles through the hands of Paul. Oh my, that is, these are part of the benefits and privileges of being a disciple. Do you think we are a disciple for nothing? No. No. As a disciple, we are a problem solver. Yes. Yes. I want us to lift up our voice. We are going to crown to God and say, my father, throughout the journey of this month, <laughs> because I am your disciple, empower me for signs and for wonders. Anywhere I go, let my hands be anointed for signs and for wonders. Let people see your power in my life. In the name of Jesus, open your mouth, open your mouth, open your mouth. Masata Likepetelika Sinikapolia. Lord, we pray that you will empower us for signs and for wonders. In the name of Jesus, let your power be manifested in our lives. Let people see and know that we serve a living God. In the name of Jesus, anywhere we go, Lord, manifest your signs and wonders in our lives. In the name of Jesus, use our hands to perform signs and wonders. In the name of Jesus, let us become a problem solver. 
Let us become a problem solver anywhere we go. In the name of Jesus, let your signs and wonders begin to manifest. Let your signs and wonders follow us anywhere we go. The anointing for signs and wonders. Let it be released upon each and every one of us. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Everlasting Father, we thank you for answers to our prayers. Father, we say be glorified and be exalted. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Jesus, to you we are all Jesus.